good, everybody? Oh my, I like I like that music better, right, Rebecca? Like that yes. that upbeat, you know, like that one. That one was a bit more, you know, uh, a bit more yes. upbeat. Yes. Anyways, welcome back to the focus. Uh, of course, we are your host. My name is Zach. My name is Rebecca. And we're we're back. We're back in the all white. We're back in the repping the foy. I got I got the white hat, you know, with the all white all white scenery this time. Um, <laughs> So thank you guys for being here. Uh, we have a great show, great show ahead. Uh, hopefully you guys stay tuned for that. Some great guests with some great experience. Um, so without further ado, let me just talk about a bit about last week. Um, recap last week. So last week was pretty good. Uh, for those of you that were here, um, last week we talked about uh, um, our leadership styles, uh, different leadership. Hello, everyone. I see you in the comments. Thank you. Uh, leadership styles. Um, we had some great panelists uh, from the, from the board, not from the board. Um, so thank you guys for those who supported those that were here last week. And Rebecca will tell you about this week. Yes. So in today's episode, we're going to be discussing family and education, as well as the different pressures that come along with choosing your career path, as well as maintaining the different expectations that our family and friends hold for us. So, are we gonna get started into the panel, Zach? I think we are, I think we are. As we get started, you know, let us know if you guys were here last week, let us know your favorite part about last week. Um, if you guys have a favorite part, um, favorite guest, maybe, I don't wanna throw anybody against each other, but maybe if you have a favorite guest, favorite quote, we posted some on our Instagram. Um, yep. So hopefully you guys would see that as well, but we're gonna get started right into it. You guys ready? Rebecca, you ready? I think I'm, I'm ready. ready. Let's go. Let's go. Who are we calling? Let's go. So our first guest, our first guest is Mr. Matthew Edwards. Mr. Matthew Edwards. What's up, Matt? So Matt, the audience wants to know, uh, what do you do? And a little fun fact about you. Uh, I'm currently in my last year of honors kinesiology at Lakehead University. I actually just finished my last semester. So yes, sir. I'm, just been, uh, I'm studying for my, to become a registered kinesiologist for in September. Yes, uh, fun, fun fact, uh, I was four foot 11 until grade, summer of grade nine. No, summer of grade 10, yes. And then I grew a whole foot afterwards. So yeah, there's a grade nine. How old, how old was grade nine? How old are you grade nine? You're like- 14, 15. 14, 15? Yeah. Shoot. Shoot, I knew, I knew Matthew since 14. I don't remember him being no 411. Cause you but... were the same height as me. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Thank you for being here, Matt. Uh, Rebecca, she's gonna introduce the next guest. Yes, the next guest is a dear friend, Mylin. What's hey, up? Hey. What's up, Mylin? What's up, guys? Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a fun fact. Sure. My name is Mylin. Um, I'm first year at Ryerson University studying photography. And a fun fact, I met Daniel Caesar at Mount Sinai Hospital. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Was that recent or was that before he was the Daniel Caesar? No, it was like after he toured like maybe two years ago. Yeah. Okay. That's dope. That's dope. I mean, That's dope. COVID. Yeah. Yeah, before COVID, for sure. 
Thank yeah. you for being here, Mylin. We're going to get introduce you guys to our next guest. Dr. Joel Kerr. Is Dr. Joel Kerr here? Yes, yes sir. Ma'am. I made Dr. it. Yeah. So, Dr. J, the people want to know, what do you do? And a little fun fact about yourself. Um, I am a chiropractor, owner of the Health Institute, which is a multidisciplinary clinic out in Scarborough, which is the best part of Toronto, GTA, hands down, east side, all day, every day. Yes, sir. Nobody's objecting because I would Trump come and find you. Uh, a fun <laughs> fact is uh, I have a beautiful 11-year-old daughter. That's, that's, the, that's fun. Amazing. And yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Hopefully she's watching here today i will i will uh hopefully you let me know the youtube link and i'll i'll zip it over to her she'll definitely watch it yeah for sure all right and our next guest is miss erica hey hello hello um yep definitely scarborough stand up yes um, i went to ryerson university actually as well um, when I did my degree in social work, I now work um, for a small organization based out of Toronto. And I'm actually going to go for a fun experience. And it was when I turned 20, way back when, um, I had a little DJ Khaled moment and went jet skiing in the Cayman Islands and thought I was a cool girl. Um, <laughs> that's an experience I hold dear to my heart. Cayman Islands. That's crazy. It was yeah. All right, thank you guys for all being here. Uh, thank you guys to the thank you guys to the guests. So hopefully you guys embrace the guests. We're gonna get right into our first topic. So of course this week our topic is education and family, guys. So um, one of our one of the challenges, I guess, within uh, our youth, hopefully hopefully our target audience, is that time management is a real problem, right? Or not a problem, but it's it's a bit of a challenge, right? Um, so. What do you what like what um what what can the people do in terms of time management that balancing your time better extracurricular in school uh, as you get older like I know Matthew you play some sports so what do you think the best thing for time management uh, the best routine rather muted sir <laughs> no I find the it's it's easiest for everyone to to find their own journey to you, you know, figure out what works best for you. You can't really de develop your own plan based off of somebody else because everyone has, everyone has different needs, different levels, different tanks, you know, energy tanks. Some people run out of gas a lot quicker than others too. Uh, so it's just figuring out what works for you and, you know, and then just trying to do the best you can to every day, just, not try and get everything done all at once, but just little by little, just keep improving with your with, your, uh, with yourself and your routine. Wait, I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about energy tanks, right? And yeah. like some people have less and some people have more. Do you think that's something people can work on? Like, uh, I do think it's something you could you could definitely work on and build on. However, uh, you just it's all about learning when when you need to take a break. Because there are some people that are that are just workaholics, and once they see a task, I'm one of those people. Once I see a task, I can't sit down until until I know it's completed to the best of my ability. Like I'll get high high anxiety levels if I can't finish it. And so I've been I've been referred to as a little stress ball if I you know until until it happens. So yeah, uh, sorry about that. 
Yeah. No worries. So the flip side to it is, uh, the flip side to like, like as you said, you you see a task and you do it. Um, some people, I've been victim to it. Some people see a task and they're like, "Yo, it's due. It's due Friday." You know, like it's it's, it's due Friday, or it's, it's like, you know what I mean? Like it, it it's not top priority to you. So true. Uh, for myself, I've always been a procrastinator. I won't lie. Uh, if I know it's due in thirty days, you will see me put in about 30 days work within the last two, the the night, like the two nights before. Uh, but in my last year, so in your fourth year of the, uh, of kinesiology at Lakehead, you have to do a thesis, a thesis study and presentation. And so that takes, that runs the entire eight month, eight month long period. And on top of this, you have a full workload. Uh, the only difference for me, uh, as opposed to different years was the pandemic. So I didn't have games, regular weekly games where I had to fly out to Toronto and then play a team and then come back and still have to balance everything. Uh, so, um, yeah, I got lost. Sorry, my brother's running in and out of the house and it's really throwing me off. Yeah, no worries. But, no worries, no worries. But, um, well, can you repeat your question one more time for me? So just in terms of, just in terms of uh, procrastination, right? Like, uh, how do you like, how do you combat that? Like, right? So. You, you're a person that, you know, you see you see a task sometimes and you fill it. Um, but some people see a task and they're like, I'll start at 11 o'clock and I'll mm. have 59 minutes to do it. Right. So how do you, how do you, like, what, what do you do? How do you get out of that shell, that out of that mold? Because sometimes you're not going to have only 59 minutes to do it, right? Right. So one thing I, one thing I did was I, I set an alarm, like I said, the due date a week earlier than it was actually due. And I challenged myself to try something new. Everyone's different. So I challenged myself to see if I gave this as the, as the, actual, as the actual due date, then uh, let's see what I could do after that. Then, you know, I, I completed a week early, handed in, because everyone has a, a TA or a GA that's, um, that can give them feedback. And then you'll get it back. And then you try, you try, um, you have the chance to try it again. Now, uh, although it does take more time and you are investing stuff, it's really important to know that it's really important to know that uh, what what it can do for you, how it can benefit you in the long run. Because at the end of the day, majority of your classes, of your core classes, are for to help you become a better professional, right? Oh, right. Yeah, the people are agreeing with you. They're agreeing. Appreciate it. And as someone like I'm still in high school, I'm still in grade twelve, right? And I know my Lynn here is first year. I just, I want to know, like, is the workload, like, so much more different than high school workload? Like, uh, I wouldn't say the workload is more. What? So they, they like to catfish you with this in your semester. So your first month and a half, especially in your first year, it's going to feel like you don't even have any, because it's an adjustment because you get used to not having daily homework in most of your classes, or you just have to have a reading. But most people don't do those anyways. Um, oh, okay. so, so, and then all of a sudden you go from not having anything and enjoying yourself and, you know, working on your social life and building your social profile that next thing you know, there's midterms and along with midterms, you'll have a paper to do. You have in this class, you have an essay to do in that class. You have something else to do for prepare to hand in and it, it will all come out at the same time. So, uh, 
So for the for those in grade 12 and at first year, it, the workload doesn't really change, just the expectations go up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know like I have some friends like it, I I think it may it might depend on the program cuz I have some friends who sound like super stressed about school, but then I have some friends that I'm like, "Bro, it sounds like you're doing school part-time, like you're not even doing anything, you know?" And right. I, it kind of depends on like the person's uh work ethic. <laughs> So I feel like university in, in itself, I mean, I've never been to university, but I think university in itself is probably hard work anyways. But I just want to know if the transition from high school to first year is tough. And I know Marlin is your first year, Marlin. So what's, how was that? I mean, the transition was, it wasn't too bad. I think like Matthew said, like the expectations are like higher, but you, like in university, you just have to, you know, put everything into your own schedule because nobody's chasing after you, right? So you gotta time manage and set certain dates and deadlines for yourself so that you can finish the work and the homework and that you're on track. Yeah, right. so what I'm hearing, it's manageable. Cause the way some people make it sound like making us 12th graders so nervous cause they make it sound like it's almost like over like as soon as you get into university like no life no anything but but yeah mm -hmm. so you're telling me it's manageable as long as there's time management was there any new skills that you had to like kind of pick up to help manage university and stuff because i know you also run multiple businesses as well right, right. I, yeah i think laying out your schedule is a good thing to do so that you know when to do your work when to separate your work life and your school life so that you can be successful in what you want to do. Um, and I think that if you plan things out first, um, you can easily follow them and it won't seem like such a hard thing to do. Right. So uh, in terms of, in terms of like, uh, I guess, Erica, you can help me out with this one as well. Like in terms of like, I guess, resources to find help to maybe those, those workloads and stuff. Um, if you do extracurricular, um, that that stress level becomes a bit higher right as you like as you like get get into like more in sports or more deep into school and stuff like that so like how do you how do you help how do you help those like from a supporting role not in that position but from a supporting role how do you help those in that position or what do you say to maybe help them steer in that direction uh, definitely a good question. I think as you're going from high school to post-secondary, it's a very big transition. You're kind of feeling the pressures of like, now my life depends on this. A lot of things are rocking with this, but it's really just giving yourself an awareness of who you are and what you can do and what your capacity is. And also a gentleness of knowing that that will not all come tomorrow. Like you're not going to be a, a, a straight A student tomorrow. It's still an adjustment and really um, leaning on your school support system. So I know at Ryerson, you know, by my first year, I was like, maybe I don't know how to write as well as I thought I did. Like, let me go down to the writing center. Let me utilize that. Definitely pay, paying attention to your planner when you have free time between classes, work, placement, sports, the things that you're doing and really wanting to set yourself up for success. Another thing would be learning what kind of learner you are. Uh, for me, I'm a visual learner. So being able to apply myself visually, being able to take notes, see those things were helping me to adjust to, to you know, having these huge chunks of information. Um, but really just an awareness of, okay, 
what kind of learner am I? Okay, if I do procrastinate, how can I remove some of my feelings from my task? Because usually when we procrastinate, it's, it's a form of avoidance. That paper is really long. I don't have 30 you know, pages in me. That paper is really long. I don't have 10 pages in me. Okay, how can I start page by page? How can I start, you know, reading this book so I'm collecting my research first and really breaking it down into shorter tasks. It doesn't mean you might not procrastinate on those shorter tasks as well, but it's it's building that bite-sizedness so that you'll be able to accomplish it long-term and really, you know, figuring out those processes as you go. Okay, this was a successful paper because, I, you know, my first draft wasn't my final copy. Okay, this was a successful paper because I was able to go to the library and I have these, you know, other students that help me learn so I can do that. This was a successful assignment because I was able to go to the writing center. Um, so it's all just about that awareness of what we might what we might be doing well with and what we might not be and knowing that like there's always room for improvement. Absolutely. I think the flip side to it is to the uh, what we all kind of alluded to was like the extracurricular part, right? So I think extracurricular plays like a role in like our time management, like a big part in it. Um, and then as well as like just finding out when you have like, I guess a practice or you guys have, or we have like, maybe like you have to do some arts or something like that. And then you have to manage your school by that Friday of a test tomorrow. So I think it, it's pretty hard, right? But the, also the thing is too, um, I hope like everyone that's watching also knows this, that like uh, as much as we talk about university and time management, and there's other there's other challenges to time management, right? Like university is not the only route, you know? Some people are not in university and Dr. J, like, you know, uh, even even now, like you, you, like you mentioned your fun fact, you have a, you're a father. So that time management, how does that look now in the career aspect? First of all, um, I really, 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 really want to commend all four of you that are on this call. Um, I, Zach and Rebecca, I would definitely like to hear how you handle your time management. But for the three of you who spoke before, um, I am very impressed with everything that you just said. So just, a, I guess a fun fact would be that I'm 42 years old and I have been in university almost some of your age, maybe 20 years ago. And everything that you guys just said is it with regards to how to manage your time. I'll start with Matthew first. Uh, you can't pick somebody else's style and take it for your own because everyone is different. Mylin, I believe you said that, um, it, it, I, if I can remember correctly, um, it's just finding something that you're into and, and stick with it. And then Erica, I really love the chunking because chunking is the best way us humans learn things. We only use pretty much 10% of our brain. And if you know that you're taking a five to six courses and you're trying to jam everything in daily, that is never going to work. The 30 page paper, you got to break it down. Um, and I will be honest with you, I still see adults, grown adults that come into my space, my office space with neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain. And I have to use all of the strategies that you just said to get them to do their exercises on a day-to-day -day basis. And guess what, guys? Some of them never come back because they don't want and they never learned how to do this. So what I'm getting at is if you can master your way of learning now, you will be way better off 
as an adult because there's many adults walking around and God forbid some of them are your parents. No disrespect to them. Some of them are your uncles, your aunts, and you're seeing them running around with their head without, with their neck without their head and it's a hot mess. And there's nothing worse than that when you become an adult and you have a career, you have status or whatever it is, and you can't even manage your own time. And time is so invaluable. Like you can't get it back once it's gone. So whatever you're struggling with right now, pick one of it, focus, read, ask questions, listen to the amazing conversations like this and figure out how to manage your time. That works best for you. Going back to your original question, Zaki, it is a challenge. And it's a challenge because my daughter is a preteen. So she wants to try everything, get in everything, and I have to break it down and say, yo, you yeah, can't she's curious. Very much so, right? And right now it's the social media curiosity. And it's it's hard because her friends are doing it. And I'm like, no, you're not getting in it because of XYZ. And I don't uh, sugarcoat anything. I 1000% say, yo, I don't let you go on uh, TikTok and do the, the, the naked dancing because I don't want gross old men looking at your body, plain and simple. That's how I break it down. And, but she's like, oh, but my friends are the only one. I said, it doesn't matter. There is someone somewhere watching it and I do not want you to partake in that. She understands, yeah. or we create the most dynamic, hard proof um, groups where nobody else is invited. You have to, I see the screening. Anytime when someone adds onto her account, it goes right to my phone. I look at it. I say, okay, who is this? Oh, this is Jimmy, Billy, Bobby from school. I said, okay, how old is he? What school? I ask all those questions. So that's literally my full-time job. And then I'm here at the office uh, managing patients, as I mentioned before. And that's, that is a challenge. I'm not only managing myself, I'm managing other people in their lives and my staff's lives. So it does get busy. And the last thing I'm going to say is I use an app called, and I'm just going to pull it up. Tell I'm us. I'm going to I'm going to tell you who's getting aggressive with me. Um, <laughs> I, I use Evernote. Evernote, yeah. Evernote. It's a free app that I use. So I'm trying to pull it up here. And is that how you spell it? Uh, Evernote, exactly like that. Y'all download it. <laughs> okay, I use that and I like it for a couple of reasons. I can just show you some. I don't know if you guys can see that. You probably can't. No, you can't. So I like it because I can take pictures, video, I can do voice notes. Um, I can create little notebooks for my stuff. I have things ranging from continuing education to IG videos and I wanna look back at. Um, everything is in here. And listen, I also write, part of my language, I was gonna swear, I also write stuff down. Like I have a journal and I have this as well. So yeah. it's double foolproof. My phone dies, I can still access what I need to do um, for the day. And then I get, sorry, one more thing. The last thing I would say too is we got to make sure that you, you schedule time for yourself. And I know it sounds insane when you're a student, you got six courses, the 30 page paper, your parents are asking you to do stuff. Um, hopefully you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend in my humble opinion, waste of time, distraction, just have friends, that's it. Um, but you need time for yourself because you guys are still growing. And I really don't want to sound like an old man, but I, I truly am. You just are, you're still growing and you need time for yourself. You need to figure out who you are. And before you are able to give yourself to someone else's attention, figure out who you are first. And that is right. time for yourself through exercise, through meditation, 
just by doing nothing, don't, not staring at a screen. I really think that is so important. And if I could go back and um, do university time all over again, I know for sure I would not have, quote unquote, one significant girlfriend that was just sucking the life out of me at that time. But anyway, that's the whole other story. Goodbye. <laughs> I wanna, sorry, Matt, go ahead. Uh, just to jump, just to add on to that, uh, when people used to, when uh, my elders used to tell us, you know, you don't need to worry about a girl, you don't need to worry about a boy, you know, get your school done. You never really want to listen to them. And one thing, you know, I'm, I'm older than I'm older than most people in 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 that I can see right now. And one thing I've learned is, your parents actually know what they're talking about. One thousand percent. That was the that was the that was like the biggest like facepalm moment of my life was when I sat down I was looking I was like I and I told my mom I'm like you guys are actually right about a lot more things than I that I gave you a hard time about you know mm -hmm. so my biggest advice I could give you guys right now is just listen listen to the Dukes because they they get it yeah and <laughs> it's not to say that you can't have a friend that's a girl or a boy that's a girl it's just when you are in a relationship and there's emotions involved and let's just be real. You guys are adults. You're exchanging bodily fluids. There's so much more stress that comes with that because the person's expecting you to do things and you're expecting them to do things. And if that doesn't happen that way, you get upset and you're completely distracted from what you're focusing, what your focus should be. And it is the honest, honest, honest truth. And I know that's not what we're totally supposed to be talking about on this call, but it went there. And I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah, no, no worries. But one of the things that I guess both you guys mentioned is that um, I guess uh, parenting styles uh, change and they, they're different, right, for different people. And one of the things was, I'm going to tie it back to education for a second to share kind of my story. I guess Matt and Dr. J, you guys already know this, but um, I, like, I, I took time off school, right? I, I took time off school. And a lot of people in, I guess, the older generation, I don't want to age them, but the older generation, it wasn't really looked at as ideal, right? There, it was like high school, post-secondary, job, career, family, whatever, right? And I didn't initially go that route. I took some time to myself um, and I was like, everybody was like, what? Like, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do during this time? Um, but now, um, I'm in school, <laughs> Matt said, Matt said, <laughs> but now I'm in school, right? And I'm looking at my peers around me, same age, and some are in the same year as me, some are in different years, some, some people I'm ahead of now, like, and we all started different times, right? So I guess that goes back to my procrastination, uh, point as well. Like, uh, do you think... I, I guess this is for everyone. Do you guys think there is an ideal time or do you guys think university is for everyone? Because at one point in my life, I didn't think so, right? And then even though I'm in it now, um, I didn't think it was for me. I, you could ask anyone around me. I was questioning everything. But Can I, can I hop on that question first? Because again, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I can comfortably say this for the six of us that are on this call, uh, we're all ethnic um, backgrounds. Um, and if you have any parents that have migrated here to Canada, there's probably three professions that they know. They're, it's either a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher. 
right? Yes, sir. And if you don't aspire to be one of those things, you're a complete embarrassment for your family. And then the second embarrassment is if you don't go to university. Um, and, if, and if you go to college or if you go to apprenticeship or if you start working, it's a complete disaster in their eyes. That mindset has to be burnt down to the ground. Because if it does not, what it ends up doing is putting an amazing amount of stress on your entire existence. Every paper you write, every exam you write, you are stressed out that if you don't get the mark to allow you to attain to where you need to be, you're a complete failure. And that is wrong. That is wrong on so many levels. And obviously, I'm never going to tell anyone on this call to go back to their parents and say, you are wrong. You're a disaster. You, may, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what this is about. However, as young people, you need to sit down and say to your parents in a respectful manner, listen, mom, dad, mom, uncle, granny, whoever it is, my plan is this. If you can outline your plan and say, I want to do this, I want to be a fashion designer, I'm going to go to fashion school, I'm going to start my own label, I'm going to have a job at the same time, I'm going to put in my work, but this is my plan. Your plan and my plan are not the same. So you're not going to try to put your plan on me. But the issue is, when you hide and when you lie and when you're secretive and you tell your parents you're going to university when you dropped out in the first year first week and you're going and pretending to go and then stress that's just mounting upon you that's not good you're living a lie and you're trying to fulfill your parents uh, dream and that's where we have in our community the uh, people of color uh, ethnicity we have so much extra pressure on ourselves we lead to drugs alcohol prostitution whatever it is the negativity down the realm, but it all starts from the fact that you're not being honest with your parents and not being honest with yourself. So I just wanted to start with that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I want to direct this to Mylin because Mylin is studying photography and that's not necessarily a traditional you know, career that you go into. So Mylin, please talk about your parents' reaction when they heard you. Sure. Like for the first three years of high school, you know, or even before that, I really wanted to go into the medicine field or the medical field and be a surgeon. But I was like, last year of high school, it kind of hit me and I did co-op and I liked it, but it wasn't something that I could, you know, follow up in post-secondary and learn about it and kind of have it as my career. So it was kind of important to me to realize that by myself first and then sit with my parents, tell them, okay, I have a passion for photography. I want to do this. This is what I'm going to do after I graduate. Well, this is what I'm going to do while I'm in school. Um, and kind of help them understand why I wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, how did they take that? Sorry. How did they take that? Were they like supportive or? Yeah, thankfully they were. You know, before they were, you know, they wanted me to be a doctor, but I, you know, outlined everything that I wanted to do and they understood it and they saw that I could be successful um, and happy at the same time. So they were in support of that. Yeah. So talk to your parents about it. Talk to Number them. Number one thing. Yeah. Uh, if I may, if I may jump in, uh, ironically, my, my personal story is a combination of the, of the last previous two. So my, my family immigrated from Jamaica. And so we have that small island mentality where it's if you're not one of these three things, if you're not bringing home straight A's, then you know there's an immense amount of pressure on you. And on top of that, I never, I once I realized once I, I got to a certain age where I accepted that 
I can't learn the exact same way as everybody else, or I absorb material or certain things. I didn't know what my strengths was. And that was at an age where I was sent to university basically. Right. So I was in university and I didn't know what I was doing. Wasn't enjoying what I, what I wanted to do. Boop, boop. I see that. Um, don't know what I wanted to do. Uh, and it didn't get to the, it got to the point where I even finished an entire degree of something that I did not even have my heart in. Uh, and that's how I got to, to Lakehead. Cause then I, I had to sit down. I wasn't, I also wasn't open with my parents. I had the worst communication po possible because I didn't want to let them down. And I didn't want to seem like they raised the only failure out of the entire clan. Right. So, you know, you can, you swallow your pride for the family and try and try and do these things. But then there, there comes a time for everybody where, you know, you say, well, this just doesn't work for me if I'm going to be happy. So you got to everyone, you're going to have to have some type of talk with your parents at some point, I believe. Uh, it just my advice is to set it up what, you know, per, while you're preparing them, set it up in a, and create an environment where there's trust that's being built and it's communication can be open. Then, yeah. Right. Right. Especially, especially around this time too, for like seniors, I know this time two years ago, was it two years now? Yeah. Two years ago, this was like the most stressful time as a grade 12, because this is when uh, universities are getting back to you. Um, this is where programs you're like, Oh shoot, do I want to go to Lakehead? Do I want to go to Ryerson? Do I want to go to Laurier? Right. Or do I even want to go? <laughs> right. So um, this time, the, this time of the year, um, like how, like Erica, I know you have a bit of experience, like how can people navigate and weather the storm like this time of year for senior students, um, but like making that transition from high school to whatever their next journey is in life? I think what everyone mentioned about the honesty, uh, being honest with yourself and being honest with your parents, I know definitely in different households, you know, it's with a grain of honesty or, you know, finding where that that environment can come in but it's definitely you know asking yourselves and, and going out to trusted people that you know whether it be friends or mentors um okay you know who am i in this season is this something that i want to pursue am i doing it for other people am i doing it for myself can this look differently um i when i talk to my young people i always let them know that the good fortunate thing is that school will always be there to take your money. So if you want to go in the future, like they will accept you, you know, and that is something that you, you know, access looks differently for different people. Um, but, and that's a, that's a separate conversation. But um, if you want to have that, that opportunity in the future, but that is open to you, but it looks different for everybody right now. And it's really having that conversation of, okay, you know, who am I? Who are the pressures that are put on me? Do I align with that? Is it just I'm being hard by myself because I feel like, you know, my family is counting on me to be this thing? And then even taking that back to your family, you know, if it's a story of immigration and migration, okay, you came here to give me a better life. What my perception of that better life looks like, you know, if I do this for you, I'm not living up to my perception of a better life because I'm going to be miserable all the time. You know, my idea of a better life and really dismantling what success looks like because a lot of it is like a high paying job doing this, doing what actually would make me happy. And it's okay to not know what that means at the same time and just have, being graceful with yourself of actually I'm going to embark on the journey of finding out what that looks like to me because I'm not there yet and I won't want to make any permanent decisions without knowing that for myself. 
and you, you do get the resistance of okay well yeah well you're not doing you go to the family barbecue they're like she's not in school they're not doing this but it's really you are reporting to yourself at the end of the day um at the end of your life so really wanting to to stick with decisions and sometimes it does come where you know you've done something i remember working with um, a gentleman and you know i i found out his background in school and i was like what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, my first degree was for my parents. And now I'm doing my degree for myself. <laughs> and, you know, they wow. realized that. And he was like, yeah, I can't, I can't get that time back. I have that degree, you know, it's expensive pieces of paper. And now it sits for his parents. But he's like, that didn't make me happy. And unfortunately, it took a longer conversation. But your parents will also realize the happiness and the joy you get from doing the things that you love. And that's initially why they moved here, um, is to bring you that happiness. Yeah. Wow. And I like how you brought up that school is always there. Like we can always go, like we can take that break to figure out what our passions are. Cause I think that's another struggle that kids have. Like I know, like I, like my Lynn thought I was gonna be a doctor, but I feel like Loki, that's something your parents just put on you from young. It's like, do I really wanna be a doctor? I don't know, right? And so I kind of forget that like I still like have time. I'm still kind of young. Like I can still take a year off to kind of figure out what my passions are because school's always there. But an opportunity that may be happening right now may not always be there. Like school is always there, right? So if it, you know, sometimes I wish there wasn't like all these set rules on how to live a life. And I know that we're getting older, and um, at least for our generation, like I don't think it'll be like that for our kids. I think we'll definitely allow them to take time to figure out their lives and kind of go their own path. But for Dr. Joel, like as a parent, now what if your daughter, you know, she gets older, now it's time to apply for university or start working. Like what advice would you have for her if she's kind of confused with what major? Like, do you suggest that she just gets started while she has the opportunity or do you suggest that we take the time off to figure what that is and then go on to? Um, good question, great question. And I guess, um, it's interesting, she's 11 and my focus, uh, her mother and I are not together, but um, my focus when I'm with her is to encourage her to uh, work on her passions, work on the things she loves to do. And just to uh, reiterate or piggyback on something Erica said with regards to getting a degree for your parents, it's the idea of whatever that job is, uh, that you have to wake up every single day to go to. And you have to interact with people every single day as a result. So if you don't love what you're doing, if you don't enjoy do what you're doing, and you only did it for somebody else, your life is going to be miserable. And I see a lot of miserable people come into my space and the miserable energy that they have manifests itself into neck pain, back pain, ankle pain, and this is a fact, like you can look this up, it's a psychosocial um, phenomena where when you're unhappy, there's different parts of your body that will tense up. And for my daughter, we, I sat her down when, my, when her mom and I were separating and I said to her, what can I do? What can we do to help make this transition easier? Like you said, Rebecca, the communication within uh, our children is going to be 1000% different in comparison to our parents, which is just do this because I said so. So I sat her down and I said, what can I do? What can we do to make this transition easier? And she looked at me at, at nine and said, daddy, I want to be an actress. 
And everybody knows how difficult it is to be an actress and to get into entertainment business. So I said, okay, baby, what I'm going to do is just do some research and find some um, advertising agencies, some modeling agencies, whatever. And she's been doing it for the past two years. But then she came back to me and said, I want to do this, but at the same time, I like doing hair. I like cooking, baking. So I'm not putting any ideas of what she should be doing. I'm just taking things that she loves. Like she loves visual arts. She loves to paint. She loves to sculpt. She loves to draw. She can sit here and draw the screen right in front of us right now. Like that's all her. So everything that I'm doing right now is just pushing her towards the arts. And she says she wants to go to university at Ryerson because she, her mom and her sat down and went through university stuff. I personally think that's too much at 11, but that's what they did and that's all good. So the, to, to, just to end, it, my point is we just need to communicate with our kids. When you guys are blessed to have children, just talk to them. Ask them what they like to do and then just sort of guide them into their loves and passions because nobody wants to, nobody wants to be around miserable people and nobody should want to be miserable. Yeah. I yeah. just want to add the importance of that conversation, Dr. J, and just um, access is a really big thing. Access to knowing what you like and and that sometimes can be a privilege. I remember once looking at the news and they talked about a traffic specialist. And I was like, how does one become, you have to have access to know someone who is a traffic specialist or, you know, know a program. And, and sometimes we think, okay, it's just the big, like the doctors, the lawyers. Yes. But then when you get access to other people and other professions, you're like, this field exists and, and this exists. And I can, you know, use my passion and tailor it to this way and really just, you know breaking down barriers you know who as us being racialized people who is that, that post-secondary mm -hmm. um, supports can you get you know financial things um a question of you know can i afford to go to university can i afford to go to college mm -hmm. um, looking at you know some some in some families it's when are you going and in some families it's like can you go nobody else in my family has gone so some access and some barriers so that young people also have the option to choose education um, or to choose knowledge that it doesn't come formally but okay i want to learn about this where can i ask no, you're absolutely right um i can just tell you right now and even the profession that i am in uh, as a chiropractor there are less than 5% of the chiropractors in Canada that are black. So this is a very underserviced, um, I don't know, underserviced. This is a very, is a profession that is predominantly Caucasian. And we don't have a lot of individuals that are from African or West Indian descent that are chiropractors. And what we're doing right now is a perfect example of increasing the awareness of a profession. And of, of a specific profession with regards to mine. There are so many ways, and I know a lot of people, when they think about school, they think about money, like how much money or access will you have when you're finished school? There are so many jobs in real estate construction um, that aren't have anything to do with mixing it, cement, that we could be in and we're not residential re real estate, um, real estate agent or, or on the commercial side. Like there's so many things, but we need to just, ask questions and, the, and and let's just be frank what ends up happening in the school system specifically in high school is that your guidance counselors the people who are supposed to guide you are pushing you towards professions because they think that you're not smart because of the color of your skin which is beyond insane 
that's where you need to have your parents behind you to advocate for you and say, hey, listen, I want my, my daughter or my son to just excel. Don't try and put him or her in a box and say that they have to do a trade and not that there's anything wrong with a trade, but you can't just automatically assume that's where a student needs to go. So it, it, it's definitely something that we, and on this call and everyone that's listening, we just got to keep pushing the envelope and create to create change. 100%. I think, I think the flip side to it is to, um, like there's also the education side, but I know I know I have friends uh, who whose parents are like, hey, I didn't I didn't do this, so you're gonna do this. For example, um, one of my friends, uh, he plays basketball. He's in university now, thankfully. But his father is like, hey, I didn't make it to the league, so you're making it to the league. So um, as a as a as a as a as a student, I think Dr. J, you know you know firsthand too, people that maybe come in your, your facility as well. Like, how do you, like, do you see that visibly that people are sometimes out of it if they're forced to do something? Or like, uh, how, do, how do you have that conversation with some of those people that have those? Well, listen, those, uh, um, with regards to sport, I have to be really honest that there is a very small fraction of individuals that are going to make it at that highest level. And I can tell you doing this for 15 years, I can tell when a kid comes to me uh, if he or she is going to make it. And it's just a thing. They just have it. It's, a, it's, it's not anything that's measurable. There's no objective nature to it. Uh, but for sure, they, they need to have a strong social support network around them. Um, that may not necessarily mean your parents, but they just have a team around them that's going to look out for all aspects of their existence. Um, but if they don't, my objective for every child that come or a student athlete that comes into my space is I want to introduce them to other aspects of sport so that they can still be involved with sport, but they might not necessarily be the professional athlete because there's so many professions. You can do something like a sport agent, a ref, a coach, uh, equipment, whatever it may be, you can still be involved with the sport. But to be a professional athlete, it takes, it's so difficult. It's extremely difficult and it, you, it takes a special human being to be able to get to that level. So what I like to tell young men and women that look like myself is you got to diversify. You got to have multiple things that you're going to put your interest in because it is extremely difficult to make it as a professional athlete. And it's not to tell anyone that I'm a, they're trying to tell them that they suck or that they are, that I'm there killing their dream. It's great to have dreams, but you also need to be realistic. If you're five, six and you weigh 125 pounds, you're not going to the NBA. Let's just be honest. Okay. You're not like you need to admit that. And we talked about that from the beginning, know yourself and respect yourself. Don't be trying to aim for things that you're not really going to achieve because you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Let's look at other aspects of the sport that you're going to be, that you could potentially be into. And that's just how I run things around here. I don't really try and sell dreams. I'm not a, a dream seller. It's just straight facts to be honest with you. Right. And Matt too, how do you see, like, how, do, how is that? Um, I guess, like preparation, mental preparation in terms of being a student athlete, um, being on that next level in terms of athletics. Like, how does how do you see that around your peers as well? Um. Uh, you come. I come. So in my four years, I've met a lot of most of the guys that come come into the 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 league, CIS, U Sport, whatever you want to call it. Most of the guys that I've met have goals of playing professional somehow, either going to the NBA or going overseas. There are very few, however, um, 
that come to school with the with the idea of being a student first, right? So for me, for myself, I didn't have hoop dreams like everybody else. I just had I had a different mission of proving people some people wrong that didn't think that I could have got here, right? But uh, I realized that school was not only a good coping me uh, mechanism for myself, but uh, sports also helped me not only get into school, but it helped me pay. For, it helped pay for school. It helped ease a lot of the the, the stress for me with school because it provided more outlets so many outlets and so many resources because they at the end of the day a school it sucks it sucks for all all regular students that just come for academics but the school does whatever they can to make sure that their athletes who represent them every single day are taken care of in some capacity other school some schools do it uh since they have a, a bigger budget because they may be in a larger city can do 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 that more extensively and take care of their athletes however at the end of the day there's nothing different from our diploma than anyone else's diploma. So what I, what I, when it comes to sports and I train a lot of kids and stuff, and when they ask me about why, why I'm not like everybody else, why I don't want to go to the NBA and stuff, I just remind them, I'm like, you school. I mean, if you're, if you're talented, like Dr. J said, if you have that gift, that it, that it factor, use that by all means, go ahead, attack that dream. But if, if, how, but if, you know that you know if you if you truly know yourself and you know that that's something that's just a fantasy and you, it will not be in your lifetime then you have to realize what else can can sports do for me i can use sports to get into whatever school i want in the country or this other country i can use that and then those connections will help me in the working field so it's um it's you just got to know who you are you know and learn and that's not easy just it's a daily process of trying to figure out who you are yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I see you mentioned connections. So I need to ask, like, when transitioning into, like, you know, high school, university or university into a workforce, like, please talk a little bit about the importance of connections, networking, how to network within your interests, the importance of it. Because I don't think, like, especially as a high school student, unless you're involved in a lot of extracurricular and stuff, you don't really learn about making connections or networking. So right. like, talk a little bit about the importance, maybe. I don't know. Life, I've learned life is 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 all about give and take. Uh, and you'll notice what you guys call fake friends, what we call fake friends, or phonies, whatever you want to label them, are people that we recognize are takers. They they it's there has to be a balance in any relationship you make. So your social life, when you get to when you're in that transitioning year. And you're meeting all these people. You're hearing what their what their goals and dreams are. There's gonna be some give and take in the real world. If I if I can't offer you anything, you have no interest in me, right? So you have to build up build up yourself, build up your portfolio, build up your profile, make yourself as as good as your make yourself your make your real life look better or just as good as your Instagram life. That's the only way I could put it. Cause if not, then out there in the real world, if you can't offer like for IG, if if your page isn't interesting, if you're not a meme poster, if you're not you know showing what your life is like and all the clothes you own and shoes, whatever your drive is, if if you don't can, if you can't draw people in, then no one's really gonna follow you or whatever. So or you won't get that many people or you won't get that many likes. Same thing in the real world. Sadly, if you can't 
if if I can't show you or why I'm credible, if I can't establish credibility with you, then you're not gonna want to come to me, right? Mm -hmm. So with with these connections, uh, throughout my four years, uh, the more people I meet, the sponsors that you talk to that that sponsor the programs and stuff, you get to know all these people in the real world. Because once you graduate, those people are gonna be the first ones looking at you when if you're putting down a reference. Those are gonna be the first people that 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 your future boss will call. So, however you are, you have to carry yourself with now how you want to be in the future. That's another thing I learned. But yeah, yeah, and I see a little bit of that with Mylin as well with photography. She has a gorgeous photography page, and I like. I mean, I I like. It's a business now. I'm sure, but mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like I like you started around high school, right, Mylin? Like yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. then that like something that like helped you discover your passion or like going into it because like he was talking about building your portfolio and I was like my land has a great portfolio. So yeah, right. Yeah, you gotta build yourself like Matthew said. You gotta build yourself, and then that is how you present yourself to other people, and that is what is gonna help you be successful in networking and making friends. Yeah. Yeah. As well. I think um, as I transition again one more time. And I, I think- Can I just add on that before you oh, let go, Zaki? Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Listen, go ahead, go ahead. with regards to networking, it's everything. I, I'm just being honest with you. It is everything. At the end of the day, if you are a mediocre student um, and you can communicate and you have a network of individuals that you know, you will get an opportunity better than someone with amazing marks who cannot communicate. Mm -hmm. And I find something very, very poignant, and I don't even care if anybody gets mad at me, but most of the of your generation, you are poor communicators, and it's not your fault. It's not your fault entirely. It's, it is definitely the, the education system. Back in my day, we used to have classes where you were responsible for coming up in front of the class and speaking. They were oral communication classes. Like you had to present things. Now they don't do that because one kid will get anxiety because he can't stand in front of the class, which is absolute BS. What do you think is going to happen when you have to go to a job interview? I have sometimes mm -hmm. some people come in to do a job interview and I'm asking them questions about themselves and they're looking down like this and you can hardly understand what they're saying. Why on earth would I hire you? Tell me yeah. why I should hire you right now. And at the end of the day, it's because they lack the confidence in speaking, even about themselves. So networking is everything. Communication is as close together because at the end of the day, if you cannot talk, you're not going to meet new people. So whatever field you're in, you don't have to be in sports. You don't have to be in photography. Any job passion that you love, you can pick up the, pick up the internet. You can go on the internet and find what it is that you love. Introduce yourself via a cold call, via an email. And you just keep doing it until somebody responds if that's what you really love to do. And we have you have so much more time now because of what's happening in the world. So there really is no excuse for you not getting the exposure and the time and meeting new people because everything is at your fingertips in comparison to back in the day where you had to trudge through snow or rain or sun to go and introduce yourself to somebody else. I just wanted to yeah. jump on that before you moved on to that. Yeah, no problem. Um, just to just to add on to what I said before, and to also connect uh, what Doc what Doc said as well, um, 
when when it comes to networking, yes, it's important to you know to meet this person and that, but it's also important to still hold your be genuine, because the in the work field, a lot of places where, uh, that I've that I've been in, or a lot of people that I've that I've come into contact with, you have a lot of people that have have locked themselves so much into their studies that they lose the social aspect of of a job, and so yeah, you could be. Not, I'm. We're not. I'm not trying to encourage being an average student by all means. But if you can still, you can still excel in your academics. But each, um, each aspect or each area is just as important as the academics. Because you can know all your facts. You can regurgitate all the knowledge you know. But if you can't connect with the person in front of you, then that also, that also creates some some bumps in it as well. Yeah. No client has ever asked me what I got in grade 11 biology. Just mm -hmm. saying. It's never happened. <laughs> yeah. It's never happened. Erica? I said it, it, it is about being a person of substance. And when we talk about um, finding ourselves and having our true identity, people will see that and recognize you. And at that moment, they're not asking you about, you know, grade 11 biology and things like that. They want to know who you are now, what you do, and you're able to have those conversations. And even when we think about sports and extracurriculars and the things that we're, we're interested in, um, it's being able to talk to people. It's being able to have conversation. It's being able to do small talk and bonding with people. And they'll be like, okay, that person had substance. I'll remember it. And the world is very small. You will run into people, you know, or you have people on LinkedIn where you don't really, you know, you might not think that that's a big connection at the time, but five years later, you know, you run into them here, you run into them. Didn't, weren't you doing this? Weren't you? And because they remember you're a person of substance, the connection will all be automatic and catching up just as easy as the last time you spoke, because you do have those communications to be like, this is what I'm doing now. Are you doing this? This is what I'm into. And someone always knows someone else. So that's how connections are made. I'm, if when people know what you're into, what you're doing, you know, they can say your name in rooms that you haven't been to yet. Yeah, and so just, just to circle back on everything and to bring us to the very first point that we talked about, which was time management, right? Because I also want to talk about like extracurriculars within school. And because I know like in high school, some people want to join every single club and every single thing in the name of like connections and stuff or like just getting involved, but then like also managing school and work. But now when you're in university, when you're in the work field, what does that look like? What does it mean? So we know how important it is, but what does it look like to go out there? What are some examples of networking and stuff? Or like in a university or college level or in a workforce level? Uh, I could speak Speaking for all, for in athletics, student athletes, uh, you get plenty of uh, fundraising opportunities. There's plenty of times where you get to meet all of the faculty uh, within your area, as well as the faculty and the people that run the school organization. Um, there's basically any time that you go that 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 we have to wear a suit or dress up in any way. There's gonna always gonna be somebody, uh, and not only that, but well, uh, something one of my coaches always said was, it's not about who you are when everybody's looking, it's who you are when no one is. Cause that's when, that's when they catch you. That's when you slip, that's when you can slip up. So it's, you gotta re remain consistent cause you never know who you're gonna 
who are well what dang how do i say this who you come into contact with you never really know who they really are until you start yeah. having that conversation so if they get that first impression of you they they get that first impression of you that you're a slacker you're lazy anything anything you really say after that won't hold and hold much weight so uh for the student for student athletes when we go to fundraisers and we talk to these sponsors most for nine times out of ten there's going to be one of these sponsors that that is probably a boss or a manager in the field that you want to work in and although they may not be the one that hires you they can provide you the tools to how they ended up getting to where they are as well and yes. so it's just use use i it's important to use that time to listen and and absorb so that's that's all i can say on that one yeah <laughs> with regards to myself in university and professionally uh university i again found extracurriculars that suit well with my personal interests and passions um i am a big community person and when I was at university, I really wanted to um, be involved with community outreach, going into low-income communities and help providing physical fitness literacy. Uh, I'm a graduate of UFT, the Faculty of Physical Education and Health. So that was a big thing for me, um, going into um, communities and just giving kids who don't have the opportunity to play rep sports an opportunity to play sports. So that was important for myself. Also. Um, being a part of the African Canadian Student Association, that was important, just something to just bring me back to my history and where I came from. And then professionally, I love the game of basketball. I love the game of football, uh, American football uh, and um, soccer as well. So when I started my practice, I went out into the community to introduce myself to sports teams and offer my services. So my practice is built off of that. I laid the groundwork um, by volunteering my time. And I guess you can call it sweat equity. And that's literally how I built my practice. And there's still patients and people that I've seen in that first year where I was volunteering my time. And that was over 15 years ago where they're now having children and they're bringing their children's children. So it works and it takes time and it doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes you got to eat salt. Sometimes you got to drink your own saliva, but it's worth it because at the end of the day, you're the one putting in the work and you can look back and nothing is more gratifying when I look at someone who's in the office and we just sit there and we say, how did that person get here? And then they, we hear that they were referred by somebody who's referred by somebody who's referred by somebody who's five people down the line and they were referred. That is an amazing experience. I think Zach, if you look back at even how you and your family came into the office, yeah. it was one of those. It was through somebody, 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 and, and here you are, and here I am with you here. So I'm yeah. super proud of you. I don't mean to throw this out there, but I love that what you're doing, and I supported you when you said that you wanted to take that time because there's nothing worse than just jumping into school not knowing what you want to do. So I'm super yeah. proud of you. Yeah. I, I remember, um, I don't want to get like too, too personal, but um, I remember it was a short after, a little bit about my story, short after I decided I wasn't going to, I wasn't gonna, I was gonna take time off for myself. Um, I came into Health Institute and I spoke, I was speaking with, I was speaking with Dr. J and I literally sat down beside him. You might not even remember this, but I sat down, he wasn't doing anything. And I sat down and I said, um, you were right. 
like you were right like um i gotta choose like you know what's best for me i gotta choose my interests um and what i like and then matthew as well like me and matt had that conversation on facetime um and then matthew was like what are you doing i was like oh like i'm doing this this and this and this he's like He's like, honestly, like, I support that. He's like, because that, that's your decision, you know? And, you know, Matthew and Dr. J, they might not even remember these conversations, but those are just little things that in, you, we talked about supporting cast as well. So some people in my corner, um, I appreciate you guys, but I don't want to get too, it's not, it's, not, it's not about us right now, you know? But I, I do appreciate you guys for what you guys did for me. And, yeah. Um, on that note, on that note, um, we will, we, this is, this concludes our, our discussion for today. Um, I just want to thank all of you guys. Honestly, I could go on about this because like we all, we all know we all have our different experiences. Um, but, um, I understand that everyone is busy here. So we just want to thank you guys, myself, uh, Rebecca, focus on you. We want to thank you guys for coming, um, taking your time out of your schedules, um, and sharing your experiences because they're, we learned there's different experiences from every from everyone, you know? Everybody has their own stories. Um, so again, we just wanna thank you guys. Um, truly, like as the comment said, truly grateful for this talk. Um, even though I was part of this discussion, I learned so much just sit back and, you know, listening. So before I go on though, is there any final words from anyone? I would say thank you so much for having us and for really creating this space for young people. I think it's so important to have containers where people can be authentically themselves um, and share their true hearts and show up fully. So um, thank you both for organizing this and for being a voice um, to other people who also have similar things that they want to discuss. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go next because my patient is here and I got a boogie. Um, yeah. I'm going to recommend two things. Number one, journal every day. Every single day, go to the dollar store. This book costs 125. I don't know why they call it the dollar store, but anyway, and write in your journal every day about how you're feeling. Some days, look, it'll be one damn line. Another day, it'll be a whole bunch of lines. Okay, but my point is just journal. And second thing is read books. That books don't have to be about school. Read books out of interest and passion. For me, I'm reading a book about the disciplines of execution because I'm always trying to do little projects and whatnot. So read for pleasure. Don't just read because you need to regurgitate some nonsense on a test, which you're going to forget in a week. Read for pleasure. Okay, guys, I got to go. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'd love to do this again. Take care. I'd love to meet all of you guys. Take care. Have a good night. Thank, Thank you. you. Busy man, busy man. Um, so with that, yeah, with that being said, we're just going to conclude. Um, and yeah, we're just going to. Hold on. Does Mylan or Matthew have anything to say? Any last words? Sorry about that. Yeah. Mylan, you go first. Um, I was basically going to say what Erica said. You know, thank you for having us. I think this is a meaningful conversation that a lot of young people need to hear. So it was good for myself and I guess the audience also. Thank you, Mylan. Uh, for myself, for anyone that's listening, anyone, especially the younger ones, grade, uh, grade, if there's anyone in grade nine, 10, uh, even a grade 11 or even grade 12, just use, use high school as an opportunity to explore who you really are. 
try joining as many clubs as possible. Yeah, I mean, now it's kind of hard, but even still, always keep trying new things. If one thing doesn't work for you, if you're not, if you if you're weaker in some area, you're gonna be stronger in a different one. Just keep trying and keep working at it. Persistence, persistence is key. Hundred percent. All right. Take care, guys. We're going to move on. Take care. All right. Damn. Woo! Damn. That was, that was, that was pretty good. We're dropped. Like, was, I'm going to read this video and take notes. That was incredible. That was pretty dope. Was for those of you guys that are still watching, we want to thank you guys for uh, watching, watching this. Uh, thank our guests one more time. As you can see, so they're very busy. As you can see, Dr. J, he had to run, but they took their time to speak to us, speak to you guys. Um, so hopefully you guys all found this insightful. If you guys want to know more about how to find help, where to find help, we have our school supports here. So you can find uh, teachers, CYU, guidance counselors, vice or principals, um, school, so, school social workers, or just a social worker in general. Erica, I'm going to plug Erica, but we'll get into that. Um, and then a school psychology staff. Yes, and if it is after school hours, there are some community supports. You guys, you guys can uh, check out what What's Up Walkin, which is whatsupwalkin.ca. You can also call Mental Health TO at that number up there, and you guys can also call Kids Help Phone Line one eight hundred six six eight six eight six eight or text Connect to six eight six eight six eight. All right. Yes. Back. Plug and them we in. can't we can't we can't go forward without a little promotion you know a little promo so um vision mills as you heard uh we have a photographer on deck so follow vision mills instagram account so much amazing content on there um you know maybe if you guys need any photo any inspiration contact her uh she she'll be sure to help you guys with some advice with her knowledge as she grows her photography profile um going on to Going on to Stepstones FY, so Steps on for Stepstones for Youth, sorry, uh, mental health platform that focuses on you know uh, getting students to that that next level as we talked about. Um, so it's just a great platform to have. And then as well, we can't go we can't go further without plugging the Health Institute, um, a place where what helped me find uh, I wouldn't say success, but helped me find uh, uh, pleasure in what I do. Uh, you know, Health Institute will help, as he said, you know, some people need to get right. There's a lot of stress, you know, so multitude of things that you can do at Health Institute. So I suggest go to their Instagram, maybe just drop in one day. Of course, not during the lockdown, but. Yes. And of course, we have to plug in our Instagram. If you guys don't already follow us, make sure you guys follow the focus.foy. Uh, follow us for updates as well focus. as community to put in your questions that you guys may have for upcoming webinars. Yes. Next so week. next week's episode. So next week's episode, we want to thank you guys for on episode two. Um, this episode is going to be available on audio version uh, later on. Uh, we'll keep you guys posted for that. But next episode is called Police Check. Woo! Oh! Oh! So as you guys can see, we'll have guest police officers talk about current events of police brutality as well, as well as answer some questions that we might have. I think this is going to be a banger. I yes. think I think this is going to be a banger. So yes. police check. Make sure you guys are here next week, Thursday, 6 p.m. Um, that is, what day is that next week? Honestly, oh, May oh 6th. 
May 6th. May 6th. Yeah. May 6th next week. Sorry about that. May 6th next week, but it's going to be a good one. So hopefully you guys are tuning into that. Yes. All right, guys. We are coming to an end, right? It's over. But we're going to see you guys next week, like Zach said. My name is Rebecca. And my name is Zach. And we'll catch you guys next time. Woo!